What is happening? Sexy people. Dave here from the Metal Epidemic Podcast. Hope everyone is safe and well. Thank you for joining us once again on the Metal Epidemic Podcast. Um, another sexy person that's joining us on the podcast whose body is too bootylicious for you. It's my man Duncan. How you doing? Slightly perturbed at that. <laughs> you just dropped a reference to a song from like fucking 25 years ago or some shit. Um, which was when I had a bootylicious body. Sadly, <laughs> 25 years on, uh, the ravage of time and alcohol. I don't know. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I think you're looking pretty fine right now. Yeah, my, my COVID bod is uh, somewhere between fucking prisoner of war and marathon runner. Um, it's a lot of bone, is what I'm saying. A lot of bone sticking out where where it shouldn't. Um, yeah, there we go. I don't know where we're going with this. It's a weird intro, but to be honest, I, I, fuck it. How's, uh, how's lockdown treating you? It's treating me very well. I am getting too much stuff done. Um, <laughs> I'm like literally getting too much stuff done. My sleep, and people won't get these references until they're like maybe about, what, 15... 20 episodes in. Uh, I have chronic insomnia um, and it comes in waves and at the moment it's like at the peak of the wave and has been that wave for about eight weeks now. Uh, mm. So I'm surviving on somewhere between one and three hours a night consistently all the way fucking through. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of listening to things, uh, mm. audiobooks, music, a lot of watching of movies, uh, just mass consumption of media and the fact that I'm now reading lots of articles saying this has been delayed, this project's been delayed <laughs> makes me worry if I'm actually going to run out of media by the time we get out of lockdown which is possible which is possible. how about yourself? Yeah, uh, pretty much the same um, not on the sleep front but um, I, I kind of feel like each day is now just kind of merging into itself <laughs> Um, there was a point like a couple of weeks ago I was still going to work and stuff but the last couple of weeks I've been working from home so I've no idea what day it is half the time um, and it's just like it's kind of like Groundhog Day like every mm -hmm. day I'm just like even like when I messaged you earlier about the podcast like what, what time and stuff and then I was like I have to think am I podcasting tonight or is it tomorrow I couldn't even remember what day it was um, but yeah getting loads of stuff watched uh, listening to loads of music um, actually um came across uh, you know i'm a big fan of kevin james and uh he's a he's got like a youtube channel all right yeah yeah um and I, I don't know if he did this stuff or recorded this stuff before the whole lockdown thing uh, happened but he's been releasing these little videos on youtube mm -hmm. and they're like they're, they're all less than like five minutes or like two three minutes long and they're little like short films or short stories um that he's done just little kind of funny videos and stuff but they're really really fucking good um, Is it, are we talking Paul Blart good here or are we actually talking about legitimate good? No, legit, like, <laughs> laugh out loud. I always have to throw that caveat out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like a a like, movie that you kind of defended and I was like, nah, no, this is the line where I'm right. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like King of Queens type oh, right. good. Oh, yeah, I like that, but, so. The, the production on these videos is amazing. Like, I, I don't know if he's doing that stuff himself or if he's got someone doing it for him, but um, some of the videos are him playing like a, a sound guy. Mm. Um, and he's kind of like, like green screened himself into these like big movies that have already been released. So like there's one that he does in uh, I Am Legend and he's in Inception and stuff. So he's green screened himself right. into these movies, like having dialogue with the characters in the in the movie right. from parts of the movie. It's, it's bizarre, but it's so like 
you'd believe he was actually there in the movie. Um, some of them are really funny, and others are just wee videos he's done, just funny stuff. But uh, yeah, I went down like a, a rabbit hole, just filled <laughs> with Kevin James, Kevin James videos. Um, yeah, so, so there's been that. Um, <laughs> um, I tell you what else I did watch on YouTube. Though. I don't know if you caught this, but um, Gojira live at Red Red Rocks. I didn't actually. By the time I knew it was happening, um, I saw you posting about it or reposting about it. Um, it had already finished, and I have oh. yet to swing back round and check it out. I'm going to assume, considering we both have said, I think, on this show that the best performance by any band we've ever seen live is a little band called Gojira. You may have heard of them out there, listeners. Uh, I mean, they're an obscure metal band, let's be honest. They're from a, a part of the world that no one goes to. You may have heard of this place, France. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, have they ever done anything bad? <laughs> like, we'll get to... Whoa, in fact, hold on. Oh, hold, oh. The, hold the bus, that might link it to something later on. How was, how was the performance? I'm assuming flawless. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, we, we saw them and I in a tiny venue mm-hmm. um, when they just released from Mars to Syria so it was like one of the greatest live experiences <laughs> of my life right but they, they played Red Rocks which is a huge open air festival um, and how like it blows my mind how Joe Duplantier gets that sound with a six string Charvel mm-hmm. is beyond me like the heaviness of his guitar tone is ridiculous mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. It's not even, I think, the, the in a lot of respects, what benefits them not detuning that far, but still having that kind of crunching, powerful sound, mm. is that unlike other bands that are in a similar genre, you can pick out every note that guy plays. Yeah. Like, every, like, it doesn't, it's not to the detriment of any of the, the mid range or the, the, the treble at all in terms of the actual tone. I think that benefits them because when you listen to Gojira, like the 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 speed at some of those riffs are played at, if it was detuned like to fucking F or some shit like that, it would just sound like a werewolf taking a shit in a barrel. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so at least this way it sounds. It, it, I, but I'm with you. I, they're a band that consistently disgust me at how fucking ridiculously heavy and how easy they make it they're, they're not a static band on stage they run mm. about the place that bass player's neck must be <laughs> fucked mm. uh, for lack of a better word and the drummer mm. the drummer is a absolute beast like yep. absolute beast makes it look so fucking easy and really entertaining to watch uh, yeah, yeah. FYI we love Gojira <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we do we do. Ah, um, while, while we're on the topic of YouTube, mm. um, maybe just a little drop in here. Um, You're segueing like a motherfucker I know, tonight. I know, it's really flowing tonight. Like um, the, the third, that's what I said, it would take Big Davy three episodes. That's that's <laughs> what I call you. I've been calling you that for years and finally you now know why. Or either that, you've just jinxed it and this is going to go horribly wrong from here. Uh, See, here if you on, start um, calling it Tube you, we're fucked. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um... The Metal Epidemic have a new YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, well, um, we have our own YouTube channel. And um, initially we were um, adding little bits from the podcast. After the podcast has been out for a week or so, we'd add little sections from it on YouTube. However, we are now adding some album reviews that are not on the podcast. 
directly onto YouTube. Are you seeing the term exclusive content in a roundabout way? Exclusive content. Fuck me. It didn't take us long to sell out like the shills we are. Some fucking multimedia corporation directing. Oh, I love it. I love it, Dave. Yeah. yeah. I, I, can I just say, we? there's two up there already exclusive. True. And um, the, 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 it was exciting to do them. They were a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, there's many more in the pipeline. There is. There is. Um, if you jump on our YouTube channel, um, Links are on our website, metalepidemic.com. There's a link to our YouTube site. Um, on there, you'll see we have just added album reviews for the new uh, Shibalba album and also the new Hacking album, yes. which was supposed to come out on the 5th of June. Um, and when we recorded the review, we thought it was the 5th of June. However, it has now been postponed to the 19th of June. Yep, making you wait for it, teasing you with their aptly named album Virus, (laughs) Uh, which I mean, like that's not that's never a good sign. We're naming the 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 album Virus, right? We're going to release it during a global pandemic, and we're also (laughs) going to delay it as well. Um, We're not saying any of that has to do with it. It's clever marketing. I love it. Um, Yeah, like two, like go check out the reviews for sure over on YouTube, but. On top of that as well, go check out the albums. Both of them uh, scored, shall we say, well with, with the two of us. So, yeah. yeah, I think people will dig them for show. Yep. Uh, keep your eye on the YouTube channel. Hit, hit that subscribe button while you're there, by the way. Um, because there's more coming. There's more coming. More yep. of them. So many yeah. albums. If, that's, so many. if this podcast has taught us anything, that just the sheer volume of albums on a monthly basis is eye-watering. I bought and I only found out today that Behemoth had released an EP. How that <laughs> slipped through the fucking radar. I'm a Behemoth fan. How that slipped through the like that. A fucking EP. It's like, I, I need to listen to that right now. So, uh, and I did. So, and you hear about that when we talk about new releases. So there you go. Wait, True. you cunt. True. Um, so yeah, so before we move on to uh, a wee bit of music, um, I just wanted to give a little shout out on the oh. podcast. You are like the like this guy here, eh? selling it to YouTube, giving <laughs> shout-outs. This is to my boy Corey Taylor from Slipknot. How's it hanging, Corey? Catch you on the flip side. Yeah, it's all happening on this podcast, I tell you. Spotify, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if up. you are listening to Spotify, we know you've got money. We saw that deal inked with Rogan. Yeah. 100 fucking million for a couple of years. All I does is sit and talk. We can sit and talk. We're doing it right now. I can do that. Not a problem. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, I want to give a little shout out on the podcast uh, to Crystal and Patrick from Hail Yourself Metal Zine and the Slatanic Carnage podcast. That's right. Uh, they were very kind and mentioned us on one of their recent podcast episodes because uh, we recently reviewed and loved the shit out of the new Mountaineer album. Which is now available, so go and get it. Like, oh. seriously, if you if you listen, I'm going to be saying this a lot this year as well, if you listen to one album this year, <laughs> make it Mountaineer. Trust me. I'd, like, anyone, I've been mentioning it in, like, the most inappropriate times, like, at, like, Zoom meetings for work. <laughs> Does anyone have any other comments? Has anyone checked out Mountaineer yet? <laughs> 
The new album Bloodletting's a fucking barn burner. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd like, yeah, if you do yourself one favour, we're just yeah. going to keep mentioning it every episode now until yep. the end of the year. It's going to be yeah. Conan all over again. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep fucking mentioning it until that's what people like. Like a scene from the movie Pontypool, people just get it stuck in their head and repeat it over and over and over again. <laughs> so that's my plan, Batman. Nice. Yep. Uh, well, Patrick um, from the podcast also plays drums in Mountaineer. You mean he is a drummer and a podcaster? I know. I don't I know. think that. I don't. I can't think of any other drummer podcaster combination. <clears throat> well, <laughs> you've got a cough there, Dave. I don't uh, want to get a lot of trumpet, but uh, <laughs> um, but you know, back in the day, back um, day. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, so he plays drums a mountain year, uh, and him and Crystal gave us a, a mention on their podcast uh so thank you for that thank you for the kind words um if any of you guys listening to this are thinking you know i'd quite like to check out their webzine and their po- their podcast well you can do that you can check it out uh, if you go to hailyourselfzine.com you can get a little uh, sneak peek at their uh, metal zine and the podcast links are on there it's a really cool podcast i uh, had a little listen to it or they had me in, like they started talking about, you know, his love of uh, Akira Kurosawa, and I was like, "Oh, this man is is, is talking my language." <laughs> love that shit. Any any Japanese cinema, and you have you got a friend in me. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Dave. Disney's wow. coming to see us. I <laughs> said, "You know what made it? This video will be getting pulled off fucking YouTube now." Uh, <laughs> Copyright infringement Su- uh. sued by fucking Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth tones, though. Smooth tones. Um, yeah, so check them out. Um, the uh, their podcast has music interviews, um, and they just kind of generally kind of shoot the shit, as they say. Um, check it out. Hailyourselfzine.com. All the information is on there. So cheers, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, check those guys out. So um, I'm going to play a bit of music for you just to get things, you know, get yourself lubed up. Oh, ready for the, I know, I know. I told you it was going to go downhill. I told you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. But, but, but I'm excited to play this next track though, Duncan. Very excited. I'm excited because the band haven't released anything in seven years. Seven years? Seven Seven years. That's that uh, seems like a long time. It's not quite tool time. Or, no, it's not. Or like it's Guns not. and Roses time, but seven years is still a long so, fucking time. You know, yeah. The other reason I'm excited is the band's original vocalist, who was on their first album, is back in the band. Are you telling me he's back in black? <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. So what's to that effect? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Back in the band. The band, of course, are Misery Signals. Mm. Oh, Amen. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, they've announced uh, a new album. It's called Ultraviolet, and it's due on the 7th of August via Basic Records. Nice. And yes, nice. yes. It's been it's a I've heard though Basic Records been mentioned. Yeah, it's a good fit, though. Yes, it is. Um, and as I said... This is their uh, first full-length release in seven years. 
and the first with their founding vocalist uh, Jesse Zarska um, since their 2004 debut of Malice and the Magnum Fucking Heart. Hell. I know, I know, and I love that album. I love that album. Um, so I'm going to play a track from the new album. It's called The Tempest, and this is Misery Signals. We'll be back with album recommendations right after this.
Oofed. A bit of misery signals in your ear holes. God damn. Cannot wait for that album. 7th of August. It's called Ultraviolet. If you like that like that track even, um, go back and listen to the old stuff. Um, of Malice and the Magnum Heart is a stunning album. Um, and in their last album, actually, actually reviewed it for Rock and Roll Reviews seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was a very good album as well, actually. Um, so yeah, so check them out. Facebook.com forward slash Misery Signals. Okay. Album recommendations, Duncan. Was May as strong a month as April? I'm going to say it, 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 was a, it was a month or two halves, Dave. <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think it was as strong, um, but... At the same time, uh, I also want to say that some releases have been delayed mm, from their true. original kind of release schedule, which I think may have had an impact. I also think, in general, um, the this month was a heavier month. If that makes any sense, mm. it just felt like the like I, I was I was struggling to find those those little little pockets of ambiance. Uh, and the releases, everyone just seemed to be. It's almost as if the releases were mirroring the the, the vibe of the world, just unrelenting and brutal. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yeah, I would. But there was there was still there was still uh, some some albums that I would say uh, caught me pleasantly surprised. True that. Um, I felt like April. I had to remove a lot of albums from my list to talk about in the podcast because mm-hmm. there was so many. Um, but with me, I just had you know a nice amount. Like I just had, yep, that's my albums. Quite a happy, manageable with that. amount for yes, a podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kick us off with um, an old favourite. Yeah, Paradise Lost, Duncan. Yes, yes. Oh, like that, another one where this just kind of blindsided me. I'm obviously not checking out websites enough because I did <laughs> not know they had anything like slated for this year. Yeah. Yeah, they are like a goddamn fine wine, Duncan. <laughs> this is this is true. This could be one of their best albums. Mm. It's, it's 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 amazing. It really is. Um, and I I love Paradise Lost, and I love the last album. Um, but this is definitely um more varied than their last album, uh, which was uh, Medusa. Um, it was a kind of slower, heavier affair for the most part. Um, but this album, Obsidian. It kind of takes some of those slow, heavy moments, the kind of gruesome moments, but it combines them with some amazing melodies. Um, this the album is just a great balance between kind of grit and kind of gothic atmosphere. Um, and what amazes me the most is after sixteen albums, <laughs> these guys are still putting out stuff um, of this level and are still evolving. Like it just blows my mind. Um, the album's called Obsidian. Um, if you're a fan of that kind of gothic metal kind of sound, then check this out. Paradise Lost are a band that are just fucking doing great things, to be honest. Um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I, I also yeah, I also checked it out. And um, yeah, I have to kind of agree in terms of like the melodies. I'd, like They're a band that I, I feel at times like over time have kind of really got comfortable with experimenting with their melodies and the, mm. the, once again like we are being we are being like spoiled this year for for you know albums that just contain 
huge scope of like incredible melodies that as as a former frontman um had these sorts of tracks been around when I was starting, I would just told you, Dave, I am just sticking to the keyboard. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's a, re- a really, really, really well written, crafted album. And yeah. production is fucking the tits as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, just really, really clear. And yeah, um, blindsided me. I've listened to it a few times. The the, the album artwork as well. I mean, Tasty. just yeah. like yeah, just everything about it is really, really good. There's a track in it called a. Raving Ghast. Mm-hmm. I had to just jump on there to double check. It's towards the end. Um, and it has been played according to my iTunes <laughs> seven times <laughs> since the album came out. So um, that's usually a good sign that I'm listening to something more than I should be when there are other things to listen to. Yeah, it's, it's great. People should yeah. be checking it out. Uh, yeah. can, can I take us in a different direction? Yeah, go for it. Hand it over my metal card right now, and you can, you can take it away uh, from me for good. Uh, Petals for Armor by Haley Williams, front woman oh, of Paramore. What uh, is wrong with you? This is a fucking great release, <laughs> an absolutely great release. Um, oh I'd, I'd heard, I'd heard now, I'd heard a single I think a while ago when she was kind of floating the idea of doing a solo project. Um, which is usually indication of I am the real person in this band that people buy, <laughs> buy for. So fuck the lotties. I want all the cash. Um, <laughs> it's usually how solo things work. And um, so, so I was intrigued to say the least. Mm. And because I've been working from home a lot recently, the old uh, the old uh, kind of Kerrang radio has been playing in the background. Ooh. And I, I will say I don't recommend listening to Kerrang radio <laughs> unless you want to be perpetually stuck in the years 1999 to 2003 because I literally, they just keep looping songs from that. Um, yeah, a lot of fucking chocolate starfish and a hot dog covered <laughs> water, if you know what I mean. Um, but they've been playing bits and bobs and... Like the more we're playing it, more like I'm gonna check this when it comes out. Um, I really like it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like it's not top tier, um, sort of stuff. It's not. I don't even necessarily think it's as good as the best of kind of Paramore, right. like overall. Uh, and I'm fully aware that people are looking at the disgust at their device right now. <laughs> I've seen Paramore live twice, and they were fucking brilliant both times. So I, I take it this is a. I've not listened to this, but I take it's a more kind of poppy affair compared to Paramore. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's moments of kind of indie on there as well. To be to be honest, uh, it's not all just kind of like pop. Like she's got. She. I think. She, I think she's an incredible vocalist. Um. Right. Uh, and I've. I, I've enjoyed their transition. I know you haven't as much. Uh, their transition <laughs> into the more popular side because like there were elements where I felt she was being restricted on certain tracks earlier on because they were trying to be e more whatever qualifier we can put against them mm. um but yeah there there are definitely elements of pop in there but there are definitely elements of kind of like like indie rock and uh, 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 and different there's there's a lot of tone there's a lot of kind of tonal changes in it that i appreciate i think it's is really good as once again it's a, a one that came out at the start of the the month and i've listened to like more times than i probably should admit on a recording which will be you know, served up for people to cast back at me. But yeah, very easy to listen to. Incredibly easy to listen to. Um, 
and has been spun many times. And if you have a passing interest uh, in the in the front woman that is Haley Williams, then yeah, check it out. I, I think, like I say, I'd, I'd be interested to see if it has much of an effect when she goes back to doing um, the Paramore stuff. Because you tend to find that when you do a solo release and you come back, things change a little bit. Mm. Um, we'll see if it has any impact or... And we'll maybe actually find out where the driving force for a lot of those changes in the band sound have been coming from. That may have been coming from her and this might be a way to exercise it. Mm. Uh, and they might go back to something a bit a bit more aggressive, uh, or as aggressive as a band like that can get. But yeah, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Petals for Armour. Uh, Hayley Williams came out at the start of the month. Check it out. Nice. Okay. Um... <laughs> you sound so disappointed. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna up the heaviness a bit, Duncan, because that was just pitiful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what what would you get if you took members of Converge, members of the Red Cord, members of Hatebreed, members of Twitching Tongues, and members of Job for a Cowboy, Duncan? You would have an expensive bar bill. You would <laughs> a trashed hotel room. <laughs> You would get a band, a new band called Umbra Vitae. That's right. That's right. The members of these bands have created a new band called Umbra Vitae. They've just released a new album called Shadow of Life. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tad heavy. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just putting that out there. Um, I'd say predominantly predominantly a death, death metal band at their core. Mm-hmm. But they definitely pull elements from the other bands uh, they're in and the overall sound. So whilst it's kind of technically similar to death metal in a lot of ways, it also has moments where it goes into hardcore territory or like power violence, or they drop in some kind of huge, kind of murky sludge riffs. Um, the vocalist is Jacob Bannon from Converge, mm-hmm. um, and if if you've heard Converge. Um, he is a visceral vocalist, um, <laughs> and he sounds he sounds amazing on this album. It just makes the whole thing sound more hostile, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which I loved, obviously. Um, and when you had in like um, John Rice um, from Job for a Cowboy on drums, well, you can imagine how savage that is going to sound. Crack <laughs> and um, release. Um, I do think it's probably one of my my picks of the month. Um, Umbra Vitae is the band and Shadow of Life is the new album. Check that one out if you're into those bands or that those kind of styles. Boom, just like that. Um, well, let's talk about this one because they're doing it for charity and I think that's very nice of them. Um, so I'm assuming they're doing it for charity because charity's in the title. Uh, Kill Switch Engage released Atonement 2 B-Sides mm. for charity. Mm. Um, EP contains it's a fucking super quick listen I don't know if these are necessarily B-sides of more recent times or these are B-sides stemming back you know several years Killswitch are a really weird one like in that I remember when I remember when they first kind of broke out as the these are the new wave of American heavy metal um and I, you know, I kind of got on board, and then they replaced Jesse with Howard, and you know, I was what I, originally I was skeptical. Dave, I threw up a skeptical eyebrow 
I was like, how dare you replace this front man? And then, you know, <laughs> you know, fell in love with Howard. And then everyone was really excited when Howard left and JC came back and I couldn't give two fucks. And I've kind of dipped in and out. They're not a band that I necessarily... Whenever they release something, I'll give it the once over. I seldom go back for any more listens. Um, this is a, a cool EP. Once again, if these are B-sides, which I reckon they probably are, you can see why they haven't made like a full album. That mm. being said, um, there's some cool licks on this one. Uh this to me sounds more like the reason I was kind of confused about the time frame of when these songs were written is at times there are shades here of their older stuff um, which I which I thought was quite interesting uh, some melodies that I really enjoyed as well and yeah if, if this is for charity then give it a listen and maybe Spotify will kick whatever share of revenue Spotify do or iTunes or whoever you're, you're checking it out from give it a whirl because um, it appears to be for a good cause and uh, Killswitch Engage are still alive and kicking um, which yeah. you know you know, alive or just breathing uh, you know what I'm saying <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> did you check it out? I did, I did check it out um, it was alright yep are you so, are you like me? Have you kind of went off them? Remember I when have. they were like the band yeah, for a yeah. while? Um, I'm a I'm a Howard Jones guy. Howard um, Jones. I know everyone like hangs off Jesse's cock, but um, is, it, is it that big? It's not fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the end of Heartbreak for me is like the best Killswitch album, and I know people will disagree with that, but for me, Howard Jones is just a far better vocalist. And not that Jesse's a bad vocalist by any means, but. Um, I much preferred Howard Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, this Atonement 2 thing, um, yeah, I had to listen to it, but I'll probably not go back to it, if I'm honest. There we go. Sorry. Uh, Don't um, apologise to me. I was I was telling people to give it a listen to for its charity purposes. You just basically sorry, told, yeah. told their charity to fuck off, Dave. That's fine. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, yeah, yeah, give to charity, people. Um, check out that release. <laughs> If once, once. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I've been listening to um, a new band called Fall. Mm. Um, never heard of them until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're a four-piece band from Kentucky, and they are primarily a hardcore band. But this might interest you. They do have a little bit of a "Every Time I Die" swagger oh, about them. Don't you fucking dropping heavy keywords so early in a show. What is going um, on here, Dave? Yeah, both both kind of riff wise and vocally, there are little hint, uh, hints of uh, etid. Uh, probably more the old every time I die than newer stuff. Um, but they do have some nice kind of melodic hardcore moments in there as well. Reminds me of um, Shy Halud a lot. Um, oh, nice! And they do. There's even wee little kind of hints of metalcore in as well. Um, can they sound a little like uh, what was the band back in the day? Uh, Johnny Booth. Can mm. they? toe that line between hardcore and metalcore um a lot of good ideas um really cool production very punchy um there's a lot of the kind of big moments that land really well because of the punchy production um check it out a band are called fall and the album is called messiahs that's how you Boom. do it dave yeah. um i will promote this because uh it's only a matter of time before you promote it and then we'll never get you to stop talking about it um, <laughs> since the last time we recorded ladies and gents um, a little, uh, a little double double hitter of a uh, piss and razors has dropped, um, oh. and uh, to say that the conversation was 
all about fields of disbelief two weeks ago <laughs> uh, would be an understatement because uh, I think between me and you that album may have been played to exhaustion in yep. the day <laughs> on, on Friday just like on repeat it yep. is like time <laughs> time has been so kind to that oh. fucking album man it is absolutely amazing like everything like all the riffs and oh. what was weird about it is the first time I'd listened to it in a while and um, like, like as I was listening, all the riffs just came back to me. Yeah. All right, never moving to this. Oh, never moving to this. Oh, so it's, oh, just such a fucking incredible album. So yeah. so so good. Uh, so yeah, if you have never listened to Piss and Razors, and oh. you think that me and Dave have been pulling your chain, <laughs> as we will have want to do from time to time uh, on 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 these recordings. Um, and you are thinking about maybe now is the time to dip a toe. Yeah, um, yeah feels of disbelief. Get on it, man. It yeah. rewards you tenfold. It's so fucking good. It is so fucking good. And I, I forgot how good it was, actually. So, um, it's just it, flawlessly. Every single song is amazing. I know. Uh, I've got it on physical release. I've got a CD. Um, but, like, who the fuck plays CDs? I haven't even got a CD playing in my car anymore. It's like, how do I play this shit? <laughs> So like when it landed on Spotify, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I don't know how the the servers at Spotify coped that day because I was just like <laughs> every device just playing it everywhere I went. Um, oh, so good, such a good album. It's, oh, it's it. incredible. It's incredible. While we're talking about good albums, and we've already kind of plugged them, but we should probably lean back into uh, we reviewed last month. Uh, Bloodletting now available from Mountaineer. We also reviewed Caligula's Horses' new album, um, which na- his name escapes me. Dave, help me. Uh, Rise Radiant. Yeah, uh, it's also available. Check that one out. Uh, Shabalba is available. Check it out. Um, so yeah, th- those are ones we've covered. I do want to throw this back to you, Dave, because you swung out two cheeky little recommendations to me oh, um, really? uh, of two albums which are fucking great <laughs> like surprise surprise um and i think if they're not on your list uh, i actually don't even know if they were released hopefully they were released in may if they're not yeah, yeah. let's shine a spotlight on them anyway <laughs> uh, binary code and a synthesia um, maybe <laughs> city of souls is the band um Synesthesia is the, the name, name of the album, album isn't it? Yeah. Synesthesia, City of Souls. Yeah. Oh, right. So, like, kick off with Binary Code. How the fuck did you stumble across these guys? Um, no idea. Um, I think, I think they were on the like on Spotify. I've got this. Is it Release Radar? A playlist that Spotify create. Oh, and right. they, they add songs to this playlist uh, based on other bands that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a track on there. I was like, oh, this sounds kind of interesting clicked on it and had a new album out in in may i was like oh here we go binary code memento mori the album was called i was like oh how have i never heard of this band (laughs) what is going on um they're from new jersey i think Mm -hmm. um and they've just released this new album and as duncan says it is fucking amazing really 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 good like i could see like occasionally you'll be like you dropped me a message. We have a WhatsApp chat, guys, because we are modern, hip, <laughs> and with it. And um, it's a combination of memes that are not allowed to be explained, like on here, otherwise will be ripped from the internet. Um, and usually screen grabs of what we're listening to. And it will usually have a comment underneath it saying something like, you'd like this, 
<laughs> or uh, don't know why I like this question mark. Um, yeah, but yeah, like you swung this to me and I was like, yeah. And generally Dave will swing a couple my way and I'll put them off for a couple of days because I'll be like, yeah, I'll get around to it, Dave. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> um, and this was one that I checked out. I, don't, I must have must have had a break or something when it came through. Checked out straight away. Played it twice back to back. It's, mm. it's a fucking stunning little album um, from a band that like you said never heard of them before not like from the name binary code I was expecting something a bit more industrial Um, but yeah even even the artwork is not necessarily something that gives a good indication to the sound but it's very Mm. varied very well written and uh, very well produced I thought it was excellent yeah, yeah, it's, they're hard, hard band to kind of pigeonhole yep. as well. Like I was trying to think, like what, what would I even classify this as? Um, and it's definitely metal, but there's there's kind of progressive moments mm-hmm. on it. Um, there's kind of kind of alternative moments on it. Um, I could see I was hearing like bits of like Catatonia in there, like newer Catatonia. Um, even like bits of like the contortionist at times mm-hmm. as well. Um, Paradise Lost little elements in there. It's a right mix of stuff, but um huge riffs um and huge kind of melodies to go with it um as you said i listened to it like about five times and every time i got sucked right into it it's a very immersive album um loads of depth loads of atmosphere to it just um stunning back to front um front to back even yeah, i just um, do it back to front listen to the last song first and what you're, what you're about. don't don't do what the man tells you to do we're in lockdown you can time doesn't you just said time doesn't mean anything dave so listen to it yeah, back to front it Listen back to the front, he gives a fuck. Um, yeah, loved it. Um, the other one that I mentioned, uh, were City of Souls. Oh man, the production on this, by the way, gave me the biggest fucking erection ever. <laughs> by the way, oh, so well produced, so well written. This is this is a debut, it's a debut album, really. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yep. hell. it's ridiculous. Um, uh, they're from New Zealand, I think. Um, and they're kind of again, kind of proggy elements, yep. um, alternative a bit in there as well. Um, but as a debut, it's seriously good. Um, yeah, as I said, a lot, a lot of kind of again, another another band that are quite hard to pigeonhole. But um, yeah, progressive moments, um, but balanced out quite nicely with a more kind of alternative feel. Even there was even a wee just a wee touch, wee touch of new metal in there at times as well. I think it's the, it's the it's the nature of the beast, Dave. In twenty twenty, you have musicians who were probably growing up listening to their parents listen to new metal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Don't but, uh, don't let that put you off, but um, no, because new metal is awesome, and don't ever disrespect <laughs> that again, Dave. Uh, but definitely, um, definitely check it out. Um, I don't even know who they would remind me of. That maybe a little. A little bit of um, another Australian band, uh, Dead Letter Circus, I think they're called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a little bits of that in there, even little Tesseract moments as well. Yeah, the um, the prog the prog kind of side of things is not offensive though. You know what I mean? Very very similar to when we were talking about um, Caligula's Horse, um, which actually the, the two albums pair up really well together in that you know one is decisively more heavy than the other but in terms of sporadic odysseys of of music um they're they're both excellent and Mm. you know from the same hemisphere of the world but um yeah it's just a a really well i'm surprised you're telling me that's their first album because i would have put down a cold hard cash that this was like a maybe a 
third or fourth album in. There's just a confidence, there's a swagger about it that just feels like so self-assured for a debut, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like If there is a misstep here uh, in terms of a track which they would class as a filler, I don't hear it. I just heard like an incredibly crafted album. I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah, loved it, loved it. Um, yeah, City of Souls and Synesthesia is the album worth checking out. Um, I also checked out the new Bear album. It's really um, good as well. <laughs> yeah, I was really looking forward to hearing it. We've mentioned Bear on the podcast before, um, and I'm sure we reviewed stuff of theirs like years ago on Rock and Reel. Um, mm-hmm. So I was quite keen to hear this. Um, it didn't disappoint at yep. all. Um, it's a great mix of like progressive metal, bits of hardcore in there, um, but and vocal melodies that are just so well executed. Um, I think I think I remember them being more techy before. <laughs> I think yeah, I think they've toned it back for this release. Like I, yeah. I have a distinct recollection of, and I don't know if it was just the nature of the beast of the time, but Bear being like coming out around that time of all that tech metal boom that yep. that yep. seemed to be coming out, and we were getting bands from everywhere. Where if the guitars weren't like like Dillinger meets fucking some other band like Dillinger meets Dream Theater if it you know if it wasn't like some weird sort of fucking bastardized child of that then you weren't really a metal band um and I remember them being far more techie based and that to me like like I said before sometimes that sort of thing is to the detriment of a a really well-written song Mm -hmm. it's almost shown the ostentatious nature of how you can write music which if you're a musician is bitching, but to the yeah. casual person, you know, scrolling through to find a new a new band to fall in love with, it can sometimes be a bit abrasive and off-putting. Um, this album, Propaganda, is just, just a, once again, I'm going to be using this phrase a lot tonight, I think, just a really well-written album. It, yeah. it feels like a lot of thoughts went into even song placement. Yep. And it fucking flies in. I mean, yeah. this is, it's like 12 songs, 40 minutes, um, like wall to wall just in and out does what it needs and the vocal melodies are the tips as well so yeah so, um, really so infectious um, vocal melodies really infectious um, big kind of dissonant kind of riffs um, I think I'm trying to think it's, 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 there's little elements obviously Meshuga in there there's little elements of that in there um, on the hardcore side maybe Norma Jean or something like that um, yeah. vocally um, he's a cracking vocalist. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a kind of like Gojira meets Chimera or something like that. There's um, really, uh, really memorable, really Moorish kind of melodies. Uh, it was a very head the bangable album. Is that? I don't know if that's not <laughs> well, it's coined now, Dave. Yeah. As soon as you see um, it, it's real. That's, that's <laughs> how. That's how. That's how words yeah. work. Uh, really dug it though yeah Bear uh, Propaganda the name of the album is um, worth checking that one out if you haven't heard that yet um, I've got one more you got any more? Uh, I've got two. Oh, go for it you tell me right so uh, Crossfaith have released a new EP um, it is if, you, if you're if you a fan of Crossfaith to be honest I kind of was and then dipped out on them and I've kind of returned to them off the back of this new EP and uh, mm. went back and actually appreciated the previous album, which I hadn't been much a fan of at all. Um, it's fallen in suit. Certainly seems like, they, I mean, they're not really, 
they're not a band that want to change that much, nor should they really have to. Um, it's it's like a fucking another one of these ones, which is a very quick listen. It's a, an EP which is under twenty minutes long, and I don't know if this is them just putting out something as a precursor to a new album uh, and to kick off like a, a new push, or if this is like the mechanism that a lot of bands are doing these days, and that they're like you know too expensive to do albums and we want to get out on the road and we want to try and disassociate ourselves from the labels that we are with an easy way mm. to do that is just do EPs um, but it's a good listen I, like I say I'm not the biggest Crossfade fan um, I liked them a while ago and uh, coming back to them I, I, I enjoyed this it's like literally hot off the press so it came out this week I want to say it came out on Friday I think mm. um, it's called Species and yeah check it out if you've got the time, and you have 20 minutes, ladies and gents. Give a bit of love to Crossfeed. Nice. I've still to check out. I heard one of the tracks, um, added it to our playlist on uh, Spotify, but I've, I've still to check out the rest of the EP. But I like the sound of the track, though. Yep. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Um, my last one is... Um, <laughs> Do you know? Do you know who does good death metal, Duncan? <laughs> this is not where I thought you were going on your last one. <laughs> Like at all, I thought you. I thought you were going to play forth your shame card, Dave. No, I, I wasn't even going to mention it. <laughs> I thought you were going to play. I used to leave me hanging Duncan, out there with Haley Williams. I. That's that's our WhatsApp chat. Hashtag How dare you bring that up? <laughs> Hashtag weak game, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about the album, but I have listened to it a few times. I'm talking about the new asking Alexandria. Um. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's uh, it's it's incredibly Moorish. Yeah, I feel a wee bit ashamed saying it, but yeah, it's it's really catchy. I really like it, and I keep listening to it thinking, how do I like this? But I like it. I don't know why. I just do. I don't know why. The idea you just being in this like locked in existential crisis about your newfound love of asking Alexandra. <laughs> uh, I think that's amazing. <laughs> Um, but no, anyway, back to the, the other album, the uh, the death metal album. Um, yeah, you know who does a good death metal? Norway, Duncan. <laughs> Norway. <laughs> when they're not burning churches, yeah, they're, yes. they're pretty good at the old death metal show. Yeah. They gave us Blood Red Throne, they gave us Dark Throne. There's a lot of thrones here. Game of Thrones, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of thrones. <laughs> <laughs> All the thrones, really, Norway gave us. Um, but uh, I've recently been introduced to uh, a Norwegian death metal band called Feleth. That's F-E-L-E-T-H. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their new album, Depravity. Oh, dear. It's um, very death metal sound. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it's, it's death metal, but um, not as we know it. It's a very, <laughs> a very modern take on death metal. Um, so that there are like old school influences influences in there, but um, it's mixed with a sound more akin to bands like uh, Silosis or Gojira or The Faceless or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, loads of rapid drumming, intricate fretwork, uh, but most importantly, plenty of grooves, Duncan. Plenty of grooves. Uh, now you're bringing me in, Dave. You're bringing me in. Yeah. Uh, well worth a listen. If you're into your death metal, uh, Felith are the band and Depravity is the name of the album. Awesome. Go, go you. Um, last one once again is a is a big Davy recommendation. Um, oh. 
American band. Technically, I want to say this was a late April release. Um, And it was one of these classic Dave obscure... I really like this. I think you might as well. Uh, Abrams is the name of the band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the album's called Modern Ways. And this is fucking great. (laughs) Really, 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 really great. Um, A band that kind of has this kind of alternative sort of like sludgy indie aesthetic to the to the sound and yeah. like melodic abrasive vocals um and a lot of depth like just just a lot of depth and like so this is this is a dense product uh, produced sound that's on here you know what i mean like everything it's like it's like a wall of sound but with definition um but like really, really, really listenable. Like really, yeah. really listenable. Um, I went back to this once again many, many, many times, and it's an album which just lets itself sprawl. <laughs> like this is an album that I would akin myself to lying on a sun lounger, Dave. Mm-hmm. It's like arms and legs flailed out <laughs> over the side, <laughs> spilling it everywhere. Um, it kind of it feels like that, you know. It doesn't. It is not in any. Unlike the other releases that we kind of mentioned where I'm like that, this feels focused, determined, like it almost feels like certain albums, there are, there's been a lot of thought into position of songs and, you know, the, the, the flow. this is an album that just lets itself groove out and gets longer by the end. Like all the short length songs are all in the first half and then you're going from like three and a half minute songs like through the first four or five to essentially like five and six minute songs um, from like track seven onwards. Just a great one. It's got a kind of oxymoronic sort of style of production in that it's dirty, but it's also quite clean as well. Like you can make out everything that's playing quite well. Uh, yeah, really, really like that. I think these guys are American. I want to say Colorado. I have that in the back of my head because uh, they did a bit of Google and. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I can't stress it enough. Another one of these classic Dave picks that you just hit the nail on the head. Uh, how did you stumble across these guys? Spotify. Is that another Spotify deal? Uh, um, no, I think someone shared that on my Facebook page, um, or shared it on Facebook, and I saw someone was listening. And I thought, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Um, checked out and was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm digging this. Um, kind of, it's got sludge moments. It's got kind of stonery moments mm-hmm. in there. Um, kind of picking up some like, uh, like chaos and kind of a little bit of torch in there as well. But um, really cool, really cool album. Um, and it's one I went back to quite a lot actually. Um, I think it actually, I think it came out in the first of May that one. Oh, what the f- oh, you're, fuck you're still yeah! In, there we go. Bade the brief after all. Well done. There you go. <laughs> well done, Duncan, for following nice. the rules. <laughs> there we go. Um, that's all mine. Are you anymore? Is that you? No. Uh, n- nothing that quantifies for a metal podcast. So okay, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so yeah, so that's our album recommendations uh, from the last month, and then right after this, we're going to be doing some news. Back right after this.
So, Duncan, what has been happening in the world of metal? Do we have any news stories? Well, once again, uh, we have to take the conditions of the world into account. So news is kind of... It's all about the he says, she says bullshit, if you know what I mean. Um, But I picked out a a few tasty morsels to discuss. One that we should probably get into, just because I feel like this podcast has become Lamb of God Watch. Um, (laughs) You're all like, <laughs> Lamb of God Watch, brought to you by Duncan and Dave. Um, so I do, I get that feeling like quite a bit that that's how we end up spending a lot of our time just chatting about Lamb of God's slow drip feed of releases. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about their new song, which they, they dropped um, when Dave thought we might be getting a screener of the album, which is a story for another time. Uh, they released a new song called Roots. It's featuring Testament's Chuck Billy. Yeah. Um, ooh, uh, Loudwire would say that Lamb of God have debuted Roots, the fourth single, fourth fucking single, to be released off the band's forthcoming self-titled record. This bruiser also features a guest appearance from Testament singer Chuck Billy. Roots was inspired by Randy Blythe's engagement in a protest at Standing Rock Indian Reservation as he had with countless others and they took a stand against the instalment of the Dakota Access Pipeline in North Dakota. The project was feared to pose a threat to the Sioux Tribe's local water supply. Uh, water supply. Randy would say, I went to Standing Rock because I heard reports of violence committed on the peaceful protesters. This does not mirror anything that's happening in real life right now, by the way. Um, uh, They were both state law enforcement and private security contractors, and this violence was not reported in the mainstream media for the most part. I went to bring surprise, uh, supply, I can't, surprise, went to bring surprise, surprise! (laughs) No, supplies would have been better, Randy, surprise! Um... Here's some non-alcoholic brew dog. Uh, (laughs) I went to bring supplies and support these people who were trying to protect their water and thereby protect everyone, as everything in the natural world is protected. The singer continued, adding, I was there a week, made some friends, learned a lot. It was an extremely profound experience and I knew one day I would write a song about it. The reason he recruited Billy to feature on this one is he is from Native American descent. Davey, have you checked out the new track Roots? I did indeed, Duncan. I did indeed. Now, is that because I sent you (laughs) on the secret WhatsApp chat saying this track is fire? (laughs) (laughs) Might have been something to do with that, yep. Fucking thrash as fuck, by the way. Hashtag thrash as fuck. (laughs) Oh, dear God. I mean, this is the first song that I've listened to where I'm like, this drummer has come into, this new drummer's come into his own. Yep. Yep, definitely. Digging, uh, digging the drums, uh, digging the whole kind of vibe that the tempo, yeah, it was more upbeat than some of the, the other singles have released. Um, we're getting a right, a right mix, Lama God, here from these singles. Um, I'm hoping that's it. I'm hoping there's no more signal singles because, like, four, you're, you're pushing it a wee bit before singles. I mean, you, you've practically released half your album already, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, from it's, it's interesting because we've, we've, we've went down a route with this where we were like when that first track debuted and we were like well it sounds like Lama God doesn't it yeah. it just sounds yeah. like like be- I was going to say like a, a basic bitch Lama God but in a lot <laughs> of respects I'm, I quite like that uh, I don't want Lama God to stray too far from the path that they have really carved out as their own 
uh, sound their own niche here. Like, Lamb of God are probably, in today's metal climate, one of the most instantly recognisable sounding bands from a guitar riff. You know, or a drum lick, or a vocal hook. You know, you you will. Oh, that's Lamb of God. Um, so I don't want them to stray too far from it. Like they kind of were starting to do with that previous EP, where they're yeah. really kind of pushing the melody aspect. Although, to be honest, in the new track, there's a lot of kind of um, almost kind of hymn style vocal melody in the background, which I really liked. I thought I added a bit of dimension to it, but. Mm. Um, where I was like that, I wonder if it's just going to be like an album of this, and that's why they're kind of calling it just Lamb of God, because they're kind of going back to the roots. And every single track, I feel, has, like you were saying, has shown a different side of Lamb of God. It's almost as yeah. if they're giving us the the tour of their back catalogue and yeah. saying, remember remember the, the cool stuff from this album? Remember? <laughs> and I'm totally down with that as well. Yeah. Um, and like even more so at the end of Roots, where I, I, I'm just, I need this album now. I, like, time is, time is no longer fun like without the new Lamb of God album I'm yeah. genuinely pumped for it I think we we have uh, the potential of uh, a top tier Lamb of God album for sure um, so yeah, I was, yeah. I, but, so if you've not listened to it yet check it out some people I know I, did, I was reading some comments that there are people who are not listening to anything until the album drops <laughs> uh, how you have managed to keep that discipline going is beyond me because uh, as soon as this thing I got a little message saying uh, your Lamb of God pre-order has updated because right? a new song has been added to it uh, and it popped up and that motherfucker was on right away <laughs> like before I even brush my teeth Dave uh, <laughs> so there we go uh, yeah so that's that's it's worth noting the next time we'll be speaking about Lamb of God I would imagine is going to be an album review so yeah, um, yeah. yeah and we'll see it overall Speaking of revisiting some of the, 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 the kind of classics or the things that make things awesome, 19 years ago, Dave, uh, is a lie, 18 years ago, so 19 minus 1, 18 years ago, Mastodon became a contender with the release of Remission. Loudwire would report that long before Atlanta-based new, me- new American metal pioneers Mastodon started writing multifaceted songs intertwined with fetching harmonies and concept album narratives. They were a volcanic, screamy heavy band with one foot in thrash and the other in proggy sludge. You never want a foot in proggy sludge. Uh, the band's first full-length remission came out May 28, 2002. That blew my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, and it offered hints of how Mastodon would develop over time. Guitarist Brett Hines layered noty fills over dense uh, shifting rhythms that were somehow contained in the maniacal Neil Peart style drumming of Bran Daller. Uh, Mastodon started working on songs for Remission when they formed in 2000. So this is like we're talking about fucking that other the New Zealand band just like as a debut like they're just doing shit like that this is technically Mastodon's debut album which oh dear god Um, uh, you know it appeared um, they formed in 2000 but none of the cuts they appeared on the first two demos uh, they had an EP in 2001 called Slick Leg and Lifeblood. Uh, but by the time they started working on their debut full-length album, they discovered that the 11 songs, including the 8-minute-long instrumental bonus track, Elephant Man, which would become a theme on, on later releases, uh, would work well together in the album loosely built around themes of fire and nature and the mythological. 
So there you go. Dave, I will stand here right now and still say that this particular album is the fucking bomb. You know the first time, like, I remember, like, I remember when everyone was like, like, see when Leviathan dropped and, you know, like, everyone and their auntie was like, this is album of the year. And I'll be honest with you, it probably was album of the year. I think Leviathan is front to back, Oh, maybe one of my favourite metal albums uh, and how I didn't mention them in my top five bands is weird <laughs> um, but I, I distinctly remember the first time I heard March of the Fire Ants yep. and I was just like who the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> like face melted you know that opening riff and just everything about it was everything in polar opposite to what I like to listen to and you know circa 2003 um, so to see where they've become I mean they're now a stadium band yeah and like if you had asked me to put the house on it back then I would have been like there's absolutely no way this band will ever headline like a download or anything like that yeah. it's totally. and now they, they are and very much like the band we just spoke about Lamb of God like if you fucking put down New American Gospel in front of me and said Right, one day this is going to be the biggest metal band in the world. I would have fucking spat my lukewarm <laughs> coffee all over your face and and incredulity and disgust. Um, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I like I listened to this album recently. I went on a bit of a Mastodon kick, uh, mostly because uh, one of the members featured on a new Cover Attack song, and it just put me in a Mastodony mood, Dave. And I went back and listened, and like. Remission still fucking holds up. It is yep. a raw, nasty bastard sounding of an album. I yeah, fucking totally. love it. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm totally the same. Um, I remember hearing it for the first time um, and being like, oh, fuck, this is this is really fucking good. Um, and I think it was March of the Fire Ants was one of the first tracks I heard. And I was like, who is this band? And where have they been all my life? <laughs> um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And as you said, when you go back to it, you realize actually this does hold up really well. It's one of these kind of timeless kind of albums that you listen and you think, how the fuck was that 20 years or 18 years ago? Yeah. And it sounds like that 18 years ago. Um, I think when they released that, though, as, as, as impressive as it was, it was only the tip of the iceberg, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're, a, they're a band that have, like Lamb of God, have just kind of got better and better over time. Um, they maybe toned down a lot of the complexities that they once had early on but um still like it's still an album that holds up so well um i think Le leviathan's probably still my favorite release it's difficult yeah it's like leviathan to me like you put all them but, out there i will reach for that one to listen to just by instinct because i've listened to it so yeah. fucking much yep but um, no two albums sound the same and i think no, that's the genius of it they once again sound like I'm, you could pick it, I'm like Lamb of God, you could pick out a Mastodon riff, like yeah. at the drop of a hat. But there, you know, that none of those albums sound alike. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, whatever they do next is going to be amazing. To be honest, like it's, it's they're just one of those bands that I don't think they've got a bad album. To be honest. There we go. Right, talking about bands that you know change up sound instantly recognisable but are always pushing the boat. Let's let's swing it back to 
bands that have never really changed their sound, um, to be fair. I mean, they did. They flirted with new metal for a while and it did them okay. Probably gave them their biggest selling album, but Big Davey wasn't happy about that. Uh, let's talk about Fear Factory because that is a band that I genuinely had thought had disbanded a while ago, mostly yeah. because like no one fucking talks about them anymore. Um, so Fear Factory's most recent album, Genexus, was released in 2015, so five years ago. But legal matters between former and current band members have kept any further plans on hold in recent years. During a chat with Saturday Night Lockdown, guitarist Dino Cazares addressed the state of Fear Factory whilst also revealing what's been keeping him busy during self-isolation. He would say, At the moment, the last three years, unfortunately, Fear Factory has been played with lawsuits, so it's been preventing the band from doing anything for these last three years. He also stated that he can't give a position on whether or not the band will ever see a return. However, he remains hopeful. He would go on to say, I'm going to be positive and I hope that in the near future, things will change. One sign of hope is that Fear Factory are amongst the projects that he's been writing for of late. He said, me being quarantined, I've been really lucky because my engineer lives next door. Jesus Christ. Uh, (laughs) So I'm able to go over there and write a lot of music. You should not be doing that, Dino Cazares. That is not social distancing. (coughs) Sorry. Uh, he says, I've been writing for everything. for, And it's just like a a litany of Cazares projects. Uh, Assassino. uh, Divine Heresy. That's a blast from the fucking past. (laughs) Uh, And for possible Fear Factory. So I've been writing, getting ready, getting prepared. So I'll be ready and prepared and have the stuff already written. The news of an Assassino record should please long-time fans as the band hasn't issued a new album since, wait for it, 2007. (laughs) Where is the time going, Dave, and why are we so old? Uh, Now that I've got this time, I go over there and we're almost done with the record. So pretty soon you'll be seeing new stuff from Assassino. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Assassino, I think that's probably not it. Who knows? Uh, is in my Scottish brogue, so deal with it. Uh, as for Fear Factory, there have been discussions of a new record tentatively titled Monolith, dating back to 2018, when an interview with singer Burton C. Bell stated uh, that legal issues have held up all the progress. Last fall, Kazars refuted that a new record was coming. So, Davy Boy, Davy Boy, oh. Davy Boy, Davy Boy, Kazars um, talking about shit, doing his, his stuff, bigging up his writing. Uh, to be honest, he is pretty much the driving force for all those <laughs> bands. So, if he's not writing for them, that's probably why they're not putting out stuff. And Fear Factory's legal status, um, I mean, I, I used to, I used to give him the benefit of the doubt, but they really did fucking shaft poor Raymond. And little, uh, what was it Chris? Chris was the bass player, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It really did shaft them out of the band when they were like, "The band has split up. The band were reforming a new band, which is also called Fear Factory. You guys aren't in it." Um, which I thought was kind of kind of shitty of them. Uh, mm. Thoughts on this one? I, I know it has been a while, and to be honest, the last few Fear Factory releases were not awe-inspiring, although they had flashes. Um, what what's your views here? Um, I, I actually quite liked uh, Genexus. Um, I thought it was a pretty good album. Um, the Industrialist, yeah, not so, nah, not so great. Uh, Mechanize, I quite liked as well. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like is it the kind of middle part 
of their careers where I was kind of like uh, that whole kind of like oh. dirty mortal onwards was just a bit kind of tear me apart, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm quite intrigued. Um, I think Dino is a, a very underrated guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they obviously have had some issues internally, but hopefully that gets sorted out. All the kind of lawsuits and stuff like that. Um, I think they've still got was it Tony Campos on bass? Yep. Um, is, and Mike Mike Heller, I think, on drums. All oh, right, didn't they have a uh, Glenn? Uh, Gene, 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 uh, Gene Hogan. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah, he played with him for a while. Um, but I think most recently it's been Mike Heller that's been on drums. But yeah, I'm quite interested to hear that. Um, I've never seen them live actually. Is... I have heard that that is maybe a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> like the I've, ongoing I've stories are that everything sounds great apart from Bottom Sea Bell. Mm. Which... I heard the same. I heard mm. the same. Um, they did. Odino uh, did do a thing, a lockdown thing, uh, where they, they recorded. I'm sure it was the first track from the manufacturer. I think it was. Um, he'd recorded guitars, but he got like people from all over the world to record the guitar parts, drum parts, vocal oh, parts, nice. and then they kind of pieced it all together via like was like zoom or fucking teams or something like that um but it was pretty cool um it was a bit there was parts of it that the audio wasn't the greatest there was some people just kind of recording in their bedrooms and stuff like that um, or on their like electric drum kits and stuff like that so um there's bits everyone of it. can have an audio engineer living next door well, this is true <laughs> this is true um but it was a cool idea um and pretty much everyone was unknowns apart from dino um so i think it's it's posted somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it. I think it was Facebook. Um, but it's out, it's out there somewhere if you want to check it out. It's, it's uh, interesting you mentioned about him being an underrated guitar because I think you are right. I think he's he, he's never at the forefront of the, the discussion. Yeah. He is one of the most um, replicated guitar guitar yeah. players. Like the, There was a whole wave of those kind of once again we're talking about tech metal bands and stuff like that throughout the 2000s that were basically doing the triple picking stuff that fear factory kind of i mean uh, coined i mean there was other people playing but not to the precision and the technicality that they were doing um so it's a weird one you i i just think he's the sort of guy that people should be just like mentioning a lot and he, he never really seems to come up in conversation I hadn't even yeah. given them a passing thought at all until I read that article and I was yeah. like oh yeah Fear Factory man <laughs> uh, yeah so I'm keen to hear it I hope they get things sorted out um, and if he's been writing away in lockdown and that's a, a good sign hopefully we hear something sooner rather than later nice right uh, so the last bit of news is a late addition in <laughs> uh, that I was trying to find something to because I like doing four stories I think four is a nice number <laughs> I know some people say three is a magic number, but four <laughs> is the right news number. Yeah. Um, so, and then Dave mentioned something, and then I was like, oh, it sounds like Dave's got a bit of heat with this article. <laughs> uh, and I like to record shit like that, because like Davey is generally level-headed at the best of times, and if I can get him angry about something, that makes me happy. Uh, so, uh, Loudersound.com uh, posted a recent article saying, every Gojira album ranked from worst to best. Mm. Now, when these titles come out, they very rarely, very rarely, uh, put something like that, in my opinion. Which is what I think you should do when you're reviewing an album, or anything. 
you should always put that in my opinion. You should never go with the def- the definitive this is uh, because you know that it gets, everyone has opinions, Dean. Mm. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, this is what the article says and then I'm going to turn it over and we are going to rank Dave me and you okay. are going to okay. rank every Gojira album from worst to best so from okay. back to front like how you listen to albums uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go so it says ranking every Gojira album from worst to best is a tough job but we've done it <laughs> coming from the sleepy suburbs of Beyond in the uh, Beyond oh, we'll go with that Ibioni, uh, that sounds more French, in the southwest of France. It was never going to be an easy journey from Gojira to go from the death metal curios to festival headliners, another band that once again, had you asked me, I'd be like, they're not going to be headlining, they have. <laughs> uh, but against all the odds, the Duplantier brothers, Duplanter, Duplantier, Duplantier, <laughs> brothers uh, vocalist Joe and Mario so they should just be called Joe and Mario have masterminded one of the most unlikely ascents in history of metal there are many reasons for this but the main one is that Gojira have never released a dud record which makes ranking their discography from worst to best a tough task but we've done it the one thing I will say from this opening statement is I totally agree with everything that that guy has just said yeah. the most unlikely festival headliners like of all time um, until you hear them live and it totally makes sense and yeah like they, they became they came out of fucking nowhere uh, and, and are like huge and that and they haven't ever done a bad album so there yeah. we go no, let's um, let's let's go let's go into this. So they've ranked at number six on the list. So they have six albums. So the 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 worst album, but still denoting that it's a great album, is the link from two thousand and three. Says not a bad album by any stretch of the imagination, but it is clear the link is the weakest in the Gojira chain. The production feels weaker, robbing the band of that earth-shattering power that they're known for. Joe De Plantier, De Plantier, De Plantier voice is yet to, Joe's voice uh, has yet to, Joe Smith's voice has yet to hit the remarkable heights of viciousness uh, that would do in a wide expansive metal that they absolutely nail on their next effort um, it certainly isn't a stylistic left turn from the straight head death metal debut um, the death metal of their debut but the link often feels like a band that just have a great idea but yet have to execute it correctly Right, so that's number mm-hmm. that's number six. Yeah. Number five, Terra Incognita, their debut from two thousand and one. The band's debut album sounds a million miles away from where they are now, but Terra Incognita has actually aged incredibly well. It showcases a band wearing their influences very clearly on their sleeve: Death, Morbid Angel, and Early Sepultura. Highlights are the odd rhythmic time signatures in the second half of Love, which gives way to the pure death metal riffing and crushing lizard skin, which slows down to a slow grind before singeing the listener with some brutal blasting. So there we go, that's number five. Number four, The Way of All Flesh. 12 years since that album came out, that's fucking ridiculous. 2008, the idea that a band could make three albums that are better than The Way of All Flesh seems insane, but reinforces the argument that Gojira are one of metal's all-time greats. The opening spidery guitars that start everything on Ouroboros, 
that's a hard one if you're Scottish, is one of the most recognisable pieces of Gojira's back catalogue, and it's never really lets up from there. The likes of The Art of Dying, Vacuity, and Adoration of Noise, featuring a turn from Lama God's Randy Blythe, are just stunning. So why so low, you ask? Well, we're going to be splitting a lot of hairs, uh, hairs from here on in, uh, maybe a little too lengthy. So shave a little off here, and it's arguably as good as anything the band have ever recorded. Number three, Magma from 2016, written in tribute to the uh, the the brothers, his name I won't mention, the Smiths' late mother. Uh, Magma is where Gojira really stepped up a more sombre and aching melodic realm. The funeral procession, like March opener of The Shooting Star, uh, showed that this would be a very different record from what had come before. Some fans rejected the lack of heaviness in quotation marks, which showed a pretty bleakered understanding of what heavy actually means. The emotional resonance of the cell and the title track is weightier than any number of blast beats and thrash riffs could ever be. Number two on the list, La Fonde Sauvage. <laughs> uh, the bridge between Gojira's past and future. La Fonde Sauvage manages to lean heavily on the melody and mood that they were uh, to embrace on Magma while still delivering an absolute violently heavy metal that they are famous for. The way that is pain as a master slowly introduces itself before crushing your skull is mightily impressive and the gruff gothic croon of Born and Winter's first couple of minutes is an unsettling experience while the one, two, three punch of Explosia, the title track and the axe might be the finest run of songs in their career. Number one on their list, From Mars to Sirius 2005. It's almost an impossible choice, but if there is one album that really defines everything that is truly great about Gojira, then it is From Mars to Sirius. Listening back to it today, it's clear that at this point in the band's uh, career, they took the earlier death metal stylings, made them bigger, grander, bolder and more inventive. The sheer power of songs like Backbone and From the Sky have never been surpassed. The heaviest matter of the universe is aptly named Tsunami of Noise and the more melodic touches such as the acoustic From Mars uh, as a preface to the crushing to Cyrus and the ethereal beauty of Flying Whales brought an entirely new dimension to Gojira's music. So there you go Dave, they're listing for you to argue is the link... And number six, Terra Incognita at number five, The Way of All Flesh at number four, Magma at number three, La Fonde Sauvage at number two, and From Mars to Sirius at number one. Let's work uh, Davy and Duncan's list uh, six to one, and then you can tell me why Metal Hammer got it wrong. <laughs> uh, right, what's number six on your list? Number six on my list would be Terra Incognita. Twinsies, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. It to me is the most basic sounding of, uh, and I still love it. But it's the most basic of all the albums they've released. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you can tell they're they're in their infancy on that album. Um, and as the, the article said, they were kind of playing around with more kind of death metal influences on that. Um, but it's the one that I go back to the least out of all their albums. Agreed. Number five. Number five for me would be the link. Ah. Oh, interesting, interesting. Big um, Davey coming in, interesting. Uh, <laughs> Why is it the link? Um, the link was probably my um, introduction to Gojira. 
um when i heard that album i was just like wow like this what is this this band are doing something completely different from everyone else um and they were still yeah they were still again in their early stages so a lot of it was quite basic and compared to where they are now um or not basic but um a bit more kind of minimalist in terms of the production and stuff um but you could hear there was there was elements in there that were just like amazingly well um well put together um very technical um and vicious as well it's quite a raw production the way a raw sounding album but um and I, and I still really enjoy it as an album but um in comparison to some of their newer stuff i would say it's probably further down the list so i'd go number five the link i am with you number five the link um what's interesting about it is the link was the first album that i ever listened to and i think it might be the song the link uh, <laughs> at the end where they do it's like a it's like a polyrhythmic loop of playing yeah yeah and um, it's the first time I really had to sit and try and like dissect where the loop was, mm-hmm. and struggled for like you would be sitting tapping with my hang on yeah. right where where's where where do we look back to the beginning? And I could not get it, and it's now ingrained. I've listened to that song so many times I can like I could practically beatbox it out for you, Dave. Um, I'm not gonna though. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where I I just was blown away by how you could take something so clearly kind of techie death metal at the start and go in a completely different direction by the end. Uh, it's one that I don't come back to often. Uh, and I will say the raw production maybe doesn't necessarily aid it as well, uh, but the tracks from that that I've seen live sound just as good as anything. Yeah. Like, you know, like any of those tracks live uh, with their live sound production sound, you could put them up against almost anything the band's put out. So yeah, mm. I think you're probably mm. right there. So where are you going with four? Number four, and I was swathering between between four and five where this should sit. Um, but for me. Number four is La Font Sauvage. I'm with you, Dave. Oh, we've got, we're twinsies on this list. I can already oh feel it. I can feel it. I don't get the love for this album as nah, much as I'd like. I really, really, really don't. I yep. think it is. I think it's a step down from the way of all flesh. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, totally agree. Um, it's yeah, it's it's bludgeoningly heavy. And I remember when the album came in, our website had just kind of started that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came in, everyone was really excited to, to hear it and to review it. Um, but I remember listening and thinking it was it was really heavy, um, and I was like, almost it was almost too heavy the first time I listened to it. Um, but I went back to it and went back to it. But there was just something that something about it that just didn't stick with me as much as the other albums do. Um, I don't know if it's the the kind of the formula they're using, the kind of structure of the songs, or um, if it's, if the choruses aren't standing out enough. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, see if I was to see like the, the heaviest matter in the universe, I know right now you're playing that riff in your head. Like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. see if I uh, see Born in Winter to you. I can't, I can't, and I've listened to it, I've tried. This is the album that I want to really like, mm-hmm. and I can't. And I remember this is the this is the album that split the team down the middle yeah. uh, with me and you uh, on one side. Uh, basically saying it's it's not that <laughs> it's a good album but it's yeah. not on the level of the previous two and people are going are you fucking mad and yeah. well, like I, I can't but if we can't agree this statement right now we can't be friends um <laughs> so yes yeah, it's, it's well produced as well it's a it's a great sounding album yep. but yeah as you said i think you hit the nail on the head it's i got a lack of hooks on that one 
Cool. Uh, so where are you going next? Then what's number, number three? three? Number three, I actually agree with uh, Louder Sound. I would go with Magma on number three. Interesting. This is our first uh, our first time that we're going to split because oh. I really liked Magma. Uh, the Way of All Flesh is number is number three for me. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. I, um, I I I think the Way of All Flesh uh, is brilliant. I think there's a couple of tracks in it which kind of meander just a little bit um, in a way which is not like not offensive or anything like that, but. Um, you know, like on on the previous album, uh, would have been a bit tighter. Uh, mm-hmm. Although the production is, I think Logan Madder did the production on that album as well, and mm-hmm. it's maybe their best produced album. Like mm-hmm. you can fucking hear, absolutely like toxic. Was it toxic at Wasteland Island or whatever it's called? Um, the the sound of the drums and the guitar together on that track are just so fucking pristinely. Produced, it's so yeah. fucking heavy. It's uh, it's eye shattering and vacuity as well as another one where like just the guitar tones disgusting. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, for me, Magma. Um, when I first heard it, I was a bit taken aback with it. Um, I think Shooting Stars, the first track on the on the album, and I was like, hmm, not too sure what to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there was a lot of kind of complaints about oh, it's it's no heavy enough. Um, but the more I listened to it, the more I got into it. Um, and I think and I actually quite liked the fact that there wasn't as many heavy elements on this as there were on their, their kind of previous albums. Um, again, immaculately produced album. Um, and it's one that there's a lot of tracks on this that kind of stick with me. Um, and again, when I was watching the, the Red Rocks thing they did uh, on YouTube, uh, some of the tracks from Magma sounded huge. Like it was just ridiculous sounding. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd go Magma number three. Cracking album, um, but not quite number one or number two for me. Yeah, well, let's let's do swapsies then. Uh, Magma to me comes in number two for pretty much all the reasons you've just said. Yeah. I think the the melody in there is what makes it remarkable from the rest of the like the, the choice of like emotional melody. And yeah. I'm still like using melody in quotation marks here because this is still Joe, yeah, doing what Joe does, which he's he's got he's got such a tone, like such a, a melodic tone to such a gruff. Sounded like if you looked at this guy, you would not think that it's like when we saw Church of Misery live, and this wee Japanese man walks out and goes on stage, and we're like, <laughs> "When's the singer coming out?" And he grabbed the mic, and this demonic fucking voice come out of him, and I was like, "Oh, holy fucking shit!" Uh, it's like that. Like Joe does not look like he should be able to project a voice like that, mm-hmm. um, which is I think is one of their their hidden weapons is like how melodic his tone is and how aggressive it is in the same you know the same beat um but i like the the dexterity and the the quieter moments on the album i think that's what really elevates it mm. um and i remember reading the backlash about this one and i'm like this is where i can't like relate to a lot of metal fans because to me the, the band exposing a, a level of vulnerability i thought only made them better and i think some of the songs on it are you know, up there amongst the best have done. So it's it's why yeah. it's number two for me. Why is the way of all flesh number two for you? Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's start off by saying it's not a perfect album. All right? <laughs> I would I would say it's not a perfect album, but it's one of their most for me anyway. It's for one of their most listenable albums, mm-hmm. um, and it's powerful, a really powerful album. Um, 
Yeah, there's some small faults on it, but it's one that I go back. There's there's two albums that I go back to the most. Obviously, number one being the the one that I go back to all the time. But this one that I do go back to a lot. Um, I think it's very memorable. There's a lot of tracks on this that will just stick in your head um, after you've listened to it. Um, and it's one that you can just kind of play. You can put it on the background and just kind of let it play right through. Um, really, as you said before, when you were talking about it, the production's amazing on it as well. Um, cracking production. Yeah, I love it. Way of all flesh. Cracking album. Which means that we can all agree and be friends with Metal Hammer again. And <laughs> I mean, it's safe to say we, we gushed over this when we were talking about favourite bands and, you know, like we talked about the gigs and stuff like that. I, I want to stress this once again from Master Sirius is what I deem as being a perfect album. I don't think yep. there is one weak point or one improvable thing on the album at all. I think it yep. is front to back, absolutely flawless and still is to this day one of the heaviest albums I've ever heard. <laughs> like, yep. like the heaviest matter in the universe is maybe one of just the most <laughs> unrelentingly heavy songs and it's not like I'm, I'm not talking about like like sludgy doomy fucking I'm not talking Conan here heavy because that's a different conversation I mean in terms of just how from the gate just is like so fucking viciously aggressive right to the very end you yep. know let's up and uh, yeah Flying Wheels is one of my favourite songs ever fucking written. I think uh, that song, give it yeah. to me forever. But yeah, that's an album that, like, I don't listen to one song off from Mars to Sirius. If I sit down to listen to anything from that album, I'll listen to the entire album. Yeah. And that's a testament to how great it is. Yeah. They they have never sounded as good as they do on this album. Yeah. Um, it is just flawlessly produced. Like, one of my favourite productions of all time. Um, and the tracks on it are just ridiculously heavy. Um, the heaviest matter of the universe is probably probably the best song title you could have come up with for that song. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, and to see it live, they'd obviously just released that album when we saw them at King Tut's. Um, and that is a, it's a gig I will never forget. Like it was just one of the heaviest things I've ever seen. Um, and just even even the thing is though, even though these songs are so heavy, huge riffs, there's atmosphere on this for days oh like god it's, yeah oh it's an immense album from front to back and back to front yeah <laughs> and concept as well a concept album which like yeah. which i i think sometimes can you know affect a, a a release because sometimes like when you when you're so bold and a lot of gojira stuff is conceptually themed specifically about you know um like Mother Nature, about um, pollution. You know, they're an eco-metal band. And, um, and, like, listening to it, and I remember hearing the, like, the the kind of, the premise of the, the album would go, that sounds a bit goofy. Um, <laughs> and they're what, a progressive death metal? Sounds like you've just made that up. Um, because it wasn't a thing like that before. They, they are so, they were so ahead of the curve. This album in particular... Uh, spurred on an entire scene of bands not only within their own country but out with who were desperate to sound like Gojira on yeah. From Mars to Sirius yeah. um, fucking incredible Just, uh, abs- it's too good it's too good an album uh, yeah. and had it not topped this list I would be dropping expletives for days on Metal Hammer <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to so there you go that was a, a little detour a little something uh, to, to keep you going um, as if we don't have long episodes already or <laughs> albums to review 
So there we go. True. Into yeah. the news. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts. You know, if you want to let us know your uh, Gojira albums, um, worst to best, let us know. See, let us know what you think. If you agree, disagree. Yeah, if you disagree, don't send them in. <laughs> <laughs> don't even bother. Um, we're going to play some more music for you just now. Um, this one comes from a four-piece death metal outfit called Serox. Um, they're about to release their new EP. It's called Vor. Um, it's going to be released on June 26th. And this is a track from the EP. Check this out. This is Building a Shrine Upon Banishing Sands. We'll be back right after this.
Nice. That was some Xerox for you. As I said, going to be released on 26th of June on Everlasting Spew Records. Check that band out. They're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Xerox band. That's S-E-R-O-C-S. Uh, and that's from their new EP, Vore. Okay, Duncan. It's album review time. Yes, finally. <laughs> as if I, like as if I can say anything about. I'm the one that delayed this, so yeah. <laughs> so, um, on this review, uh, Duncan and I have had the privilege of checking out the new album from Glaswegian metal band Bleed From Within. Uh, the band's fifth album, Fracture, is out now on Century Media Records. Uh, so I suppose it's, it's fair to say that um, we're both aware of who Bleed From Within are. Yes. Both, both being Scottish, obviously, mm. and being involved in the metal scene in Scotland and over over the years, past years now, we're getting old. Um, <laughs> this is a band that they've always been on our radar. Um, I suppose they're one of the few bands from Scotland that managed to end up on a pretty prestigious label like Century Media. And they have done some pretty big tours with bands like Lamb of God, mm-hmm. um, As I Lay Dying, Cancer Bats, just to name a few. Um, I don't know about you. Um, for me personally, they were a band that like, in their early days, um, they probably, and I'm sorry to say this, it didn't really do it for me musically. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think um, it wasn't that they didn't necessarily... Do it for me. I just didn't think there was anything necessarily remarkable about them. If you know what I mean, yeah. I think they came from they came out of a scene which bred a lot of really kind of really cool death metal bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Glasgow scene was fucking great for death metal bands for for yeah. a long period of time, and um, I was never quite sure why Bleed from Within were the one that kind of rose to the top of the crop. If you know what I mean, yeah. and clearly the label heard something there that you know I, I didn't hear. Um, yeah. And it wasn't to say that I disliked them at all. I just, I, I, whenever I heard anything by them, I thought it was it was well written. Um, yeah. It just, and there was nothing there that really ever grabbed me, um, and and was kind of like, you know, the word worthy is a terrible word, but you know, this band is worthy of your time. This band is worthy yeah. of this, you know, uh, of this elevated status within. I seen where, like I say, there was maybe two or three bands that were around about the same time in the same genre of them. Uh, where I was like that well why did they not have a, rec- a record label because yeah. I think they're just as good if not better yeah. um, it's safe to say time has been very kind to bleed from within though in terms of their their ability to write albums and, and continue on because they in my opinion have only ever got better yeah I mean Humanity and uh, Empire were both okay albums um it didn't really leave much of a, a lasting impression on me but to be fair the band those albums came out 10 11 years ago yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and they were clearly still kind of honing their craft uh, at that time um their previous two albums however um i did have more of an interest in and i did feel like they were kind of growing into something bigger and better and particularly on era their um the 2018 release you could hear that the songwriting um, on that album felt of a, a kind of higher standard. Um, so the band that were clearly developing over the years, I was quite intrigued to hear like where it would lead. Um, and then they dropped the first single from Fracture, um, and I was completely sold at that mm-hmm. point. Um, the track was called Into Nothing. It's an absolute mammoth of a track, and I, 
I think for, for the first time I felt like Bleed From Within had made a bit of a statement of authority, I suppose. Um, like those big bands that we toured with, like we can compete with them almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of made me more eager to hear the rest of Fracture. Um, and I think I think it's safe to say that if you're a lover of the riff, you're probably going to dig this album. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, the guitar playing's fucking amazing on this album. It's like it's like headbanging groove after headbanging groove. It's rapid. It's technical. It you know it doesn't shy on on breaking out a a big chorus riff that you you can you can sing your heart out on. Um, yeah, like you talk about statements of intent. Um, this to me is is the bit where listening to this album. This is the bit that I eat a slice of humble pie because of the <laughs> aforementioned uh, scene that they came from. I can't imagine any of those bands having an album that sounds like this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's that's where I'm like, like someone at some label had the long game planned out here and knew that this was in this band yeah. to do. And this is them touring. I think touring with larger bands, the likes of Alama God, for example, kind of forces bands to elevate their game. Yeah, because they're going to yeah. every night playing with a band that are you know, haven't compromised the heaviness of their sound, but yet are the biggest metal band in the world, sort of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think that has only had a great impact on Bleed from within. Um, I actually really liked the previous album. I thought the previous album was 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 really fucking good. Yeah. And you're right, you could see there there were shades there of I mean this isn't like a massive departure from anything I've done before. It's just they've taken those elements and really honed the craft in. Yeah. Um like suffice to say, I don't want to give away too much here. I fucking love this album. I think it's <laughs> I think it's I think it's an absolute to use a Glaswegian term, an absolute banger, Dave. <laughs> Back to front. Yeah. I mean the way it kicks off, like um the end of all we know, which is like a like a more technical, more dissonant at times mix of like Lamb of God groove meets the kind of death metal tones of um, like Feared, if you remember Feared. Um, There's weird bits of Slipknot in there as well, like kind of <laughs> earlier Slipknot that just kind of hit me and I, would, I, I, wasn't, ex- <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. It was hit me and I was like, what the fuck it was like? Totally. But then it comes in with these like absolutely huge anthemic um, almost like Bury Tomorrow-esque choruses. Um, it's an absolute killer like first track um, and it's made sound even punchier with its production. Yeah, production's um, so fucking good. Superb, absolutely superb. You often find that like bands will will kick an album off with their best track. Yes. Um, but Bleed From Within somehow managed to level up on track two. Yeah, or like, like, what? You, yeah, like Pathfinder kicks off with elements of kind of almost electronic loops and this really uh, disjointed kind of guitar riff yeah. that they spring it with, which when you hear it at first, you're like, right, well, that's just an intro. They're not going to really factor that in anywhere. And the track is just like, see when you like, someone asks, like, see if your wife says to you, how, how do I look? And you say the word, you look interesting, you're fucked, right? <laughs> Pathfinder's a really interesting track, and I don't mean that in the dismissive, I don't want to say that you don't suit that outfit. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's a really interesting track. There's loads yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, like to me, it was one of those ones that when it finished, I was like, oh, I'm listening to that again. Uh, yeah, like yeah. straight away, like, right totally. back, listening it through again. Like the, every person, every member of that band, from the vocalist down to the drummer, 
is doing something inherently interesting on this track. Yeah. They're all doing yeah. their own little thing, and it all works. It shouldn't, yeah. but it all works. Yeah, it's it's a track that's like it's completely packed to the rafters with array of like massive riffs and different tempos that will keep you completely engrossed for its entirety. Uh, but and I kind of felt like that about the whole album, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's extremely tight from front to back, and an album that will kind of equally pummel you with like big juggernaut riffs just as much as it'll blow you away with their technical ability. Um, but I think, I suppose the real key to success on this album anyway is variety, I think. Um, it yep. never becomes uninteresting. Um, and I suppose that's for me, it's down to a couple of different things, but... Uh, first of all, the kind of clever little twists that they weave into the tracks, mm -hmm. be it like a shift in pace or rhythm, um, like a change in double kick pattern or a streak atmosphere blended into the riffs. Um, and it, like tracks like um, Ascend are like a perfect example of that diversity. It's technically heavy, but they balance it out with these big, enormous grooves. Um, and I love the fact that like they buried in some little kind of symphonic elements in the yeah. background as well. It really lifts um, the chorus up. Um, I thought it was spectacular. Um, also one that you probably get more out of with each listen. Um, so I found that I picked up little things that I never heard the first time round, like those little underlying symphonic sections or an alternative like tail of on the end of a riff. Mm -hmm. um, it's and there's not one track that's like over five minutes on this on this album. It's all very to the point, and there's never a track that kind of outstays its welcome, I suppose. Um, they're all single then you know what I mean yeah like, that was the thing that I was listening to, like, like any of these songs could be a single yeah and I think that's like in the genre that they're playing in that is not easy <laughs> like at all and like you like they're I think one of their secret weapons is the, the vocal melodies absolutely because you know I mean? yeah. they come yeah. out of absolutely nowhere at times sometimes they come exactly where you expect them alright this is a chorus hit me with it and they do, but other times they they do not the obvious with uh, with the vocal melodies, and it's layered as well. And yeah. as a result, you get this sense of, of of this kind of monolithic sound, this huge wall of vocal sound as well that kicks in with the melodies. And it just it, it had me like smiling like a like like a lobotomized patient <laughs> dribbling at the side just like genuinely like, like all those elements that's what I'm saying everyone seems like they're doing something for themselves on this yeah. album but not uh, not against the the album not against the song you know like a singer going no I need a, a singy bit here so you need to write it just seems like the guitarist was already thinking along the same page and you get that with bands that have been together for a while, you know, like the, the, some of them find a groove and are never really wanting to change out of that. Um, but it sounds like, like Bleed From Within have decided that this decade they're going to carve out a new niche for themselves and take it to the next level. And by God, does the UK need that at the moment with their metal acts? We need, we really genuinely need like metal acts to to be taking the next step up. And it's they're poised. This is the this is the album that could do it for sure. Um, and I, what I love about it is like even towards the end, where you get the the last track, a depth that no one dares. Um, I think that's almost like almost like a mission statement for for the album. Is I don't think one person that is a like a diehard Bleed from within fan will anticipate 
what they've done on this album in terms of like this to me is this seems like it should be on a, a major record label it seems like it should be getting a massive marketing push and it's almost like the industry is saying to you this is your next big metal band <laughs> like this is your next like this is your next moving from the second stage to the main stage at a yep. festival band you know and there is like it certainly even even though I like that really like that previous album this to me is a monumental shift up um yep. And I've listened to this album more times than I would care to admit. Um, once again, because there are other albums out there that I should be listening to. But it is, it is such a... If you want to... Here's, here's probably the greatest compliment I can pay it. If you want to spend time analysing the musicality on this album, you can do it. You can sit, pick at what the guitar's doing, pick at what the drum's doing, and really delve into that. Yeah. See if you want to just put this on as a metal album and appreciate it for that, you can do that as well. Yeah. And it's not interchangeable. It's not like, well, you have to appreciate the the technicality on it or you don't want to... Like, no, it, it plays fine if you just want to switch your brain off and just have something really heavy play and carry you through whatever job you're doing. But if you want to sit there and dissect it, there is so much to dig out of this album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it may... I mean, it may not be an album that's pushing massive boundaries in this genre, but what it does demonstrate is that Bleed From Within have put in a ton of work uh, and this album shows how much they've actually grown in the last two years their songwriting is the best it's ever been and through that they've shown that they have a lot more to offer than just technicality it's very tight it's a consistently strong album it not only loses heaviness but it's got the, the hooks to go with it um yeah i loved it brilliant album fantastic nice. um rating wise i would probably go with a I'm going to go 4.5 out of 5. I'm also going 4.5 out of 5. And nice. I, I fully expect, and I hope the guys do check out this review and don't hate us for saying we, didn't, we weren't sold on the early, early stuff. But I tell you right now, I anticipate a 5 for the next album. Yep. I, I, I genuinely do. I think, they're, I think they're poised right now. And nothing makes me happier than a band who originated like 20 minutes from where I live. Um like taking that next step up uh, I think they, they, they have on paper here uh, the credentials and the potential pedigree to be fucking huge yep. Yep. So, there you go definitely um, if you want to check this band out um, they're on Facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash bleed from within band uh, the album is out now so go and check it out uh, on Central Media Records it's called Fracture the band are bleed from within and uh check that out it's awesome okay uh a little bit of music for you and then we've got another album review coming up um this next track is from a another scottish band uh, a trio called north atlas uh, this is a new track it's called hypnotist we'll be back right after this Anxiety sways by the floor Doesn't it feel like it's the end The end The end The shame it makes medicine The head and test relevant Bringing you back up again Up again Up again Round and round I'm Rubik's mind 
that was Hypnotist from North Atlas. Um, this is the first in a line of new singles from North Atlas. Um, the guys recorded this track just before lockdown started but they have been working on another couple of singles during lockdown which will be released later this year. So keep an eye on the band's Facebook page uh, for the details. Uh, you can catch them on facebook.com forward slash North Atlas Band. Nice. Okay. Review time once again. This one, um, Duncan and I are going to be breaking down the new album from Australian technical deathcore unit Aversions Crown. The band are due to release their fourth album, Hell Will Come For for Us All, on June 12th via Nuclear Blast Records. Now, Aversions Crown have had their fair share of lineup changes over the years. Uh, in fact, when we saw them in Glasgow, they actually had three guitarists, I'm sure, on stage when we saw them in Glasgow. Um, which was... We've seen this band before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. We have. Um, what was the name of the venue? Oh, I can't remember the name of the venue in Glasgow. They played with um, uh, Aegean, were supporting. Uh, I can't remember who else was on the bill, but yeah. We saw a version's crown in Glasgow. Um, but the news is that the lineup is now finalised um, in the wake of their upcoming album and have most recently been joined by vocalist Tyler Miller. 
Um, it's been three years since the release of the band's sci-fi inspired release, Xenocide, uh, and whilst new vocalist Tyler Miller is equally as interested in science fiction, lyrically this new album expands to more real-world current events. Um, and to be honest, there's nothing more relatable than what's going on in the world at this moment. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> so. This is literally the soundtrack for 2020. <laughs> totally is, yeah. Um, so, um, going to start musically, um, for me this is still very much an Aversion's crown record. Um, their kind of musical DNA is still pulsing through this album and it sounds enormous, like it's produced by uh, Will Putney, who you've probably heard us talk about on the podcast before. Um, and let's be honest, um, a bad production from him is as rare as rock and horse shit, to be honest. Um, if you listen to new albums from Body Count or After the Burial, Knocked Loose, um, tell me I'm wrong after listening to those albums. Um, this album is no different. Um, the mix is punchy, it's tight, um, but it's not kind of overbearing in any way. But obviously I suppose the one main element that's changed um, as the vocals. Um, the, the vocals, um, the gutturals are, st- are still present, so there's like there's no need to panic on that front. Um, he's got a great screaming tone, but Tyler Miller also adds another string to the bow of Aversion's Crown, and that comes in the form of clean melodies. Mm. When, I say, when I say clean melodies, um, I don't mean like saccharine, sweet, like Jimmy Eats World or um, Weezer or something like that. Um, the melodies I on this. That, are... I love that. I love that. Like of all the metal, all the metal you could have picked that have melodic singers, you go for pop punk bands <laughs> as a comparison. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Rivers Como, right? That's not. what I'm saying. To you. It does not. Um, it's, it's still disgustingly heavy. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear on like the opening track is called the soil. Um, you'll hear those uh, clean melodies on there, but they're they're kind of blended in in a way that sounds more like a kind of tonal scream almost, um, almost kind of Gojira esque in a way. I know we talk about Gojira all the time in this podcast, but um, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Um, I suppose, and while that's not particularly new to this genre, we've heard bands like Fit for an Autopsy or more rec- most recently Whitechapel uh, do this sort of stuff in the past. Uh, but I suppose it is something new for Aversion's Crown, and it is an addition that does make a noticeable difference to their overall sound. Um, and I must admit, I really enjoyed that kind of new layer of contrast that they've added in. It's not something I could imagine the old vocalist doing, so it's clearly something they've thought about a lot when they brought in Tyler Miller. Um, musically, I dug what they've done in terms of the, the atmospherics. Um, They've added a bit more atmosphere to their tracks and the kind of darker tones um, on tracks like Paradigm or Sorrow Never Sleeps really suit the band's sound. Uh, and actually, it almost kind of lifts those clean sections up even more. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most the most technical album. I'd say they've reined in some of the technical kind of viciousness that was displayed on albums like Xenocide. But um, don't get me wrong, it's still a very heavy album. It's still fast. It's still brutally heavy. Um, but I'd say on the whole it's probably more controlled um, which I suppose shows to me that they have kind of grown since their last release Um, negatives I would say it can be a little formulaic at times I suppose it's not uncommon in deathcore albums to hear like a familiar blueprint being used Uh, and the same same goes for the breakdowns at times they can feel a little cliche a little bit predictable but 
Um, that being said, I kind of like the path they're going down as a band. It's a far less untidy album from some of their past releases and the new kind of vocal elements I feel are a step in the right direction for a version's crown. Um, what did you think? What did you make of it? Um, I'm not the biggest fan, if I'm honest. Um, and I do not believe that any one person should shit over something that they can't do themselves. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't do any anything that was done on this album nearly as good as what these guys do. Um, it kind of falls into... See, I wouldn't even class them as a deathcore band. I would just say they're death metal and be done with it. Um, yeah. it, it to me has a... Uh, if you're a fan of death metal, I imagine this... Like a firm fan, like a solid fan. I imagine this is going to tick a lot of boxes. Uh, tick a lot of boxes for you. It is so relentlessly yeah. just like not even punishing is the wrong word just so relentlessly go you know yeah. constantly that I, I I was exhausted by the middle of it to be honest with you um, the drumming is incredible and the, here's the thing musically these guys are shit hot like the drumming the drumming is just in fucking scene the drummer is like six arms 17 legs right don't ask me why 17 legs one is his Bobby Dave um, right right <laughs> Because it equals up. Um, you know, like the drummer is like rapid, like very, very tight. Production accentuates that for sure. Guitar riffs um, are, are once again fast. So when the grooves kick in, love it. Um, but you know, it's just like it's go, 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 go. Vocally, I maybe not as sold on the vocalist as much as you. I think it's maybe because I've heard this specific style of vocal done. Like Whitechapel's actually a really good comparison um, where, you know, I think that adds an element which really does transcend and change the whole dynamic of what you're listening to. And here, I think it's a really good addition, but I don't necessarily think it adds an additional layer, if you know what I mean. It sits comfortably on what they're doing, but I don't think it makes it transcend in any way, kind of shape or form. Um this and Dave I think the reason Dave is kind of laughing is because I think on some level you knew when you sent this to me this was unlikely to be one that I was going to kind of come in high on yeah. I I imagine if you are a fan of this band you're going to you're going to really dig this album because whilst it's not for me there isn't really anything about it that I could pinpoint as just a well you know the guitars are a bit stock they're not actually the guitars are really well written and um, I've yet to hear any of the previous stuff or even the previous vocalists so uh, mm. apparently I saw them live and <laughs> can't remember it um, but they're you know I, I, I love the, the, the riffing on it I love the production on it I think the drums are great and I think the vocalist is great as well but like the songs just aren't there for me like okay. they just flow into each other in a way where I couldn't necessarily make out exactly where one was finishing and one where one was starting. Um, if this was a drummer just hitting a stop and then that's the end of the song, or if this was a drummer hitting a stop and then the next riff's going to kick in. Um, so, so for me, I, I mean, I appreciate all the musicality on it. It's unlikely to be anything that I'll go back and listen to again, and it's mostly down to the fact that. I've, I've said before when when you're dealing with the kind of more death metal aspects for me, what intrigues me the most 
or when people start really experimenting and playing with different genres and with that as additions are really going out the way to make it sound like this is a, a you know a heavy influence and an element and something which could go in a different direction this one has a very very tight strict confine of what it wants to sound like and does not deviate from start to finish um, and as a result it, it just it str- I struggled to keep my attention when listening to it yeah. um, and like I say that's not a slight against the band at all I genuinely think musically they're fucking great um, th- they're just not writing songs catered to, to my taste uh, or my ear either um, but I- I'm glad that you dug it I, like, I've said it before I say it when I review films on other podcast I hate this idea of because I don't like something unlike Metal Hammer I'm not going to dictate what people should listen to or how they should rate things um, you know if I don't like something I want to hope that there, there are plenty of people out there that do dig it because a lot of time and energy goes into creating any artistic project this is just one that didn't resonate with me yeah um, yeah so overall for me personally I think it's a more mature sounding album uh, they've definitely shown more control on this record and the addition for me of the more atmospheric tones and the new vocal styles do make for a more interesting listen but the kind of repetitive structure of a lot of the tracks does frustrate me a little um, I wish they had just switched up the formula a little more in this album and I think it would have been a lot better um, for me, rating-wise, it probably sits about a 3.5, I think, out of 5. Um, um, I'm going to come in uh, halfway, 2.5. 2.5, nice. Um, this one drops on June the 12th uh, on Nuclear Blast. Uh, the band are Aversion's Crown, and the album is called Hell Will Come For Us All. Um, if you want to check the band out, check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Aversion's Crown. Nice. Um going to take a short break and we're going to be back with some upcoming release news right after this. Okay, release time. So what we're looking at for June, is there anything on the release radar that is floating our boat. Um, <laughs> Another Lamb of God single. <laughs> well, we should, all going well, have the Lamb of God album in June anyway. That mm-hmm. should be coming out um, on the 12th of June. Um, other stuff in June. So at the start of June, we've got um interesting one from a band called Sixteen. Um I'm pretty sure we reviewed some of theirs a long time ago. They're a sludge band. They're on uh, Relapse Records. They have a new album coming out on the 5th of June called Dream Squasher. Um, I love that. that. (laughs) That's a freaking great name. Uh, Looking forward to checking. It did actually come in uh, for review, but we've just not had a chance to to review that one. But it's out on the 5th of June. Uh, What else we got? We've got a new Currents uh, album coming out, The Way It Ends, which should be pretty cool. Kind of metalcore slash kind of genetic type band. Uh, they've got a new one coming out. Um, we've also got The Ghost Inside. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah, so they've not had anything out for a long time, obviously, after what happened with the, the bus crash and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, but they have a new album coming out on the 5th of June called, this is a self-titled, called The Ghost Inside. Um, and I suppose it's a kind of 
mix of like hardcore and metalcore stuff um, throughout on Epitaph Records. So that could be quite interesting. Uh, we've got the new hacking, obviously. If you haven't checked out a review, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Have a listen. Um, but it's been postponed till the 19th. Um, anything else at the start of June? Make Them Suffer. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, another kind of deathcore band. Uh, it's called How to Survive a Funeral. And we've got Justice for the Damned. I'm quite looking forward to that as well. It's a kind of hardcore band. Um, they've got a new album coming out called Pain is Power. Um, middle of the month, a version's crown, obviously, which we've mentioned on the podcast. Um, what else have we got? Behold the Arctopus, which are a kind of technical death metal band. Um, I quite like them from back in the day. They've got a new album coming out. Um, B BPMD um, is a kind of one of these kind of super group things. All right, coming out on I think it's Napalm Records. Um, let me just double check that. I think it's Napalm Records. Yeah, yeah, Napalm Records. So it's uh, Bobby Blitz, Mike Portnoy, Phil Demo. Um, a bit of a kind of one of these kind of super group type bands. Um, they've got a new one coming out um, middle of the month, twelfth of June. It's called American Made. Um, I've got a feeling. I think it's covers. I think it's all cover songs because the track that they released as a single was a cover. So I think it might be all covers. Wait and see. Um, what else have we got? Um, Atavist. I've heard a lot about this one. I'm looking forward to hearing that. It's on Candlelight. Um, they're a kind of doomy kind of funeral doom type band. Album's called uh, Absolution, I think, or Three Absolution. It's called. Looking forward to hearing that. Uh, Chromag has got a new one coming out as well. Oh, nice. Uh, in the beginning, it's called. Uh, if you're not your hardcore punk, Lamb of God, obviously we've mentioned. Um, Mushroom Head. Kind of looking forward to, see, to hearing that one as well, just to see what the rest of the album sounds like. They've released a couple of tracks now. Um, Protest the Hero, Duncan. Oh. Now this is uh, news to me. I did not know that. Once again, I'm unplugged, Dave. Uh, album or EP? I think it's an album. Uh, on the 19th of June, Protest the Hero. Uh, Palimp- Palimp Zest. It's a really weird album yeah, title. Yeah, everything about them is weird and that's why I love them. <laughs> yeah. Big fans so of Protest the Hero. Yep, they've got a new one dropping on the 19th. Um, Vile Creature. Um there may be a review of that coming soon. Um, they have a new one coming out called Glory, Glory, Apathy Took Helm. So if you're in your kind of doom sludge type stuff. One of one. the, here's a, here's a little here's a little key thing for you. One of the most disgusting sounding <laughs> albums I've heard in a long fucking time. <laughs> yep. And then end of the month, we've got <clears throat> a new album from Ahab. Remember Ahab? Oh, Ahab were heavy as fuck. Yeah, I think I think it's a live album. It's another Napalm one. Uh, it's called Live Prey, so I think it might be a live album. Were they German? Album. Is that right? Oh, now you're asking. I've got in the back of my head that Ahab was German. I probably am horribly wrong with that, but they were very heavy. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, what else we got? A new album from Falconer, if you're not your kind of folky power metal. They've got a new one called From a Dying Ember. We've got oh, interesting one from a band called Grey Days. Um, the album is called Amends. So this was Chester Bennington's band before Lincoln Park. Yes, I've, I've, there's been a bit of buzz about this recently. Yeah, so I'm interested to hear how that sounds. Um, it's out on the 26th of June. Grey Days is the band. It's called Amends. So I'm looking forward to checking that one out. 
and a couple others long distance calling if you're into your prog they've got one coming out it's called what what do we want to live or how do we want how do we want to live even and finally uh piron p-y-r-r-h-o-n uh abscess time it's called it's like a technical death metal band so they've got a new one dropping on the 26th of june as well so that's the kind of main releases that I could find. Um, obviously, there'll be little other ones that come in. So hopefully on the next podcast, we will update you on what we've been listening to and uh, all those other albums that were due out in the month of June. So that brings us to the end of the podcast, Duncan. Yay! <laughs> um, I've got another track to play you. Um, but before we do that, um, once again, thanks for checking out the podcast. Um, you can check out um, our podcast and our playlist on the Metal Epidemic website, metalepidemic.com. Um, we are also adding our other um, reviews on there as well. Eventually, they'll end up on our website. So um, YouTube will be dropping on there first, but then they will eventually appear on our website. Um, check out our YouTube page for those reviews. As I said, there's a link on our website. Uh, we're on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Metal Epidemic. On the Twitter, Metal underscore Epidemic. And Instagram is just Metal Epidemic. Um, you can feel free to get in touch with us on any of the social media uh, URLs that I've given you. Um, or you can email us, themetalepidemic at gmail.com if you want to send us a question, ask an opinion on something. I don't know, whatever you like, really. really bother. <laughs> what may be interesting is, uh, if people want to take part, is next month will be exactly halfway through the year. And we've kind Ooh. of floated this idea about doing maybe a, a Davy Duncan kind of yeah. top 10 releases of the year so far. True that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe listeners want to take part in that. Maybe steer us in the right direction. Have you considered... Uh, this album now is the time to do it you have a month to get them in uh, for us to compile our list but yeah that that'll be that'll be the main topic on the next one so not because your album's ranked (laughs) worst to best it will be uh, our top 10 albums of 2020 thus far and i'll tell you right now dave that's going to be a painful list because there's been some amazing shit out this year thus far yeah I have no idea how i'm going to get that down to 10 albums (laughs) not a clue then you have to order them Oh. <laughs> oh yeah good shout um yeah so that's coming on our next episode as duncan said get in touch let us know of any albums that you would put in your top 10 there's maybe something you haven't listened to or checked out yet so give us your um list or recommendations and we will check them out before the next episode drops um before you go i got one more track for you this one comes from a australian band or australian they class themselves as new metal core. Oh, they're, they're sold. <laughs> um, they're called Alpha Wolf, and they have just announced uh, the release of their new album. It's called A Quiet Place to Die, and it's going to be released on September 25th uh, via Sharp Tone Records. Uh, I'm going to play you the lead single from the album. It's called Akudama, and it is a certified banger. Um, check out the band on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Alpha Wolf Cult. And Cult is spelt with a V, obviously. C V L T. Metal AF. Yes. Um, so if you want to check them out, get them on Facebook. Um, this is their new single from the new album. This is Alpha Wolf and Akudama. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks very much. Bye, everyone. 
Watch the bodies drop!